morning. Welcome to worship. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, you are awake. Oh, geez, I was wondering if everybody took taking a nap. We have opportunity now to hear the gospel read to us from the ninth chapter of Matthew. So as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. And while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And on hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And while he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died. But come and put your hand on her, and she will live. And Jesus got up and went with her, and so did his disciples. And just then a woman, who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years, came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And she said to herself, If I touch only the edge of his cloak, I will be healed. And Jesus turned and saw her, and he looked at her and said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. And when Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he said, Go away, the girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. But after the crowd had been put aside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and got, she got up. And news of this spread all around the region. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to join me in praying together the Holy Spirit prayer. Let us pray together in our time of meditation together the Holy Spirit prayer. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord, amen. All week long I've been looking for um, some inspiration uh, for this time together today. I laid it out there before Jesus and I said, Lord, I need some inspiration. I'm expecting that that inspiration will come sometime throughout this week and I'm anticipating that perhaps maybe it will come while we are gathered together at the Synod Assembly. Well, guess what? Jesus did not disappoint. He came through. At the very beginning of our time together as we gathered there at the Synod Assembly, we opened the assembly with an opening worship service as would mean, which would seem appropriate that we would do that. Bishop Deborah Hutter was the preacher at that opening worship service. And one of the things that she did at the very beginning of her talk, her sermon, is that she shared a story about a gentleman by the name of Dan. Dan, a person of faith who uh, grew up in the church, much like all of us, went faithfully to Sunday school as a youth, went faithfully to confirmation class, and did 
that due diligence of going through that rite of passage of being confirmed. And of course, you know, as seems to be typical amongst our youth these days, you get confirmed and then you go, oh, well, gee, I'm now an adult member of the church because I'm a confirmed member, but, you know, I really don't have to be all that involved any longer. And, you know, I'm just sort of fulfilling my obligation. Well, that's kind of typical amongst Lutheran kids, I know. Huh? Does that sound familiar? Hmm, yeah. I got, a, I got a younger adult back there going, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I got confirmed and just sort of dropped away. Anyway, to make a long story short, after he graduated from high school, he was obviously in some sense of discernment about his life. Really didn't know what he was meant to do or where he was meant to be. And so he decided that he would enlist in the, in the service. He enlisted in the United States Army and he served for eight years. And he did two tours of service over in the Middle East. We all know about that, don't we? Saw some not so good things. You know, and experienced some not so good things while he was there. And when he came back from his time of enlistment in the service, was dealing with some post-traumatic stress concerns because of some of the trauma that he experienced while over there. And yet, at the same time, he was still struggling with his career. What, what was he meant to do? Eventually, he decided that he would apply, and he got hired on with the United States Border Patrol. And so he went through the, all the necessary training in order for him to become a Border Patrol officer. And it just so happened that it was on the very first day of his first assignment of going to spending his first day at the border that he was, had stopped by and picked up his vehicle and he was heading out towards the border. And he happened to see this vehicle off on a dirt path and it seemed a little bit strange that this vehicle should be out there and so he decided that he should go over and check out what's going on with this vehicle. And as he pulled up to the vehicle, a gentleman got out of the car and they started having a conversation. And he inquired as to why he was there. And the gentleman said, well, I'm, I'm here because I'm helping some of the migrants as they come across the border to give them some assistance. And he opened up his trunk and it was full of water and energy bars and blankets and tents and some clothes and some socks and, you know, just some of the basic needs of life. This guy was out there on the edge of the desert, right near the border, and he was assisting people with just some of the basic needs of life. So they had this conversation for a little bit of time, and as the conversation ended, the man in the car who was assisting these migrants, he happened to ask Dan, he said, Dan, do you have a church home? And Dan said, no. Kind of told his story about how he had dropped away from church. Well, this man took it upon himself, well, then I am inviting you to come to our church. And Dan thanked him, and Dan went on his way and went to, went to his job. Well, over time, that invitation to go to this man's church, it began, it was planted in him that day. And it started to take root in him. It's this whole thought of going, about going back to church began to really work on his mind and in his heart. 
And so eventually he took it upon himself to take up that invitation and he sought out this church that this man had invited him to come to. And that was the beginning of a new relationship for him. It was a time for him to finally be reintroduced back into the church and to become a part of a church family again. And over time, he got involved in some of the ministries of the church, specifically their outreach ministries. And the Holy Spirit continued to work on him in his time in the church. And he began to discern a sense of call to something more permanent. And so he looked and decided that he would inquire about what it would take to become a pastor in the church. And eventually he went on to get his theological and biblical education at one of the seminaries. And he became an ordained pastor in the Presbyterian Church. In light of today's gospel story, I see this life-changing story of Dan to be affirming. It affirms the reality that the Holy Spirit and the presence of Jesus is still alive and still working and touching and changing lives even to this very day. That the Spirit of God is alive and well and living amongst us. We have before us today this condensed, I call it condensed because it is, it is a condensed telling of three lives who were touched and changed by their encounter with Jesus. We have the story of Matthew, who was a despised person in many ways, a Jew, person of Jewish faith, and yet here he is working for the oppressors, working for the occupying regime of the, of the Roman Empire. Many in his own faith would see him as a traitor. And yet Jesus saw beyond all of that, and he simply saw Matthew for the person for who he was. And he extended an invitation to him to follow Jesus. And then we have this story of this woman who, in the midst of Jesus on his way to heal this young girl who had died, we have this woman that comes up and touches just the edge of the cloak of Jesus' garment. And Jesus senses that something, some sense of a person has, has touched him or touched his garment, and he turns to her and he looks at her and says, your faith has made you well. And then we have this third person, this daughter of, well, we, we we're fairly sure that this, this ruler that they're talking about is Jairus, who is mentioned by name in the other Gospels. But we have this daughter of Jairus, who is lying dead in her room. And Jesus comes into the house, and he touches her, and she comes back to life. And her, her life is restored. All three of these lives were touched by the presence of Jesus. And all of their lives were changed because of their encounter with Jesus. Now we know Matthew's story, don't we? We know that Matthew was a tax collector. We know that this invitation to follow took root in him and that he took it upon himself to, to take an interest in Jesus and to establish a relationship with him, so much so that he became a writer of the Gospel of Matthew. We know that story. But as is the case with many of the encounters that Jesus has with a lot of people in the Gospel stories, we don't always know the rest of the story, but we can speculate, can we not? 
One of the things that I find interesting about Matthew's story is that it's a very, it's a very humbling story because of the fact that in the midst of this reading today, it says that Jesus came to this tax collector and extended an invitation to him to follow, and, and Matthew stopped, dropped everything and followed him. And yet, Matthew does it in such a humbling way. He doesn't make a big deal out of the fact that he became a follower of Jesus. And we can only speculate about the lives of this woman and this young girl. But I think that we can speculate with some certain sense of certainty that the woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years, that there was a sense of being healed, there was a sense of, a sense of being restored to wholeness in life because she just, something that had been ailing her for a long time was no longer a part of her life. And we can only imagine what that might have been like for her to go on to live a life of health and, and well-being. And the same with this child who was raised from the dead. We don't really know what the rest of her life story is other than to perhaps it included getting married and having children of her own. And I've got a feeling that because of this recording of this story, that more than likely the dad, and in this case that person's name is Jarius, I'm sure that Jarius reminded his daughter frequently about this man by the name of Jesus who came to her and brought her back to life to make it possible for her to have life in all of its fullness. One of the things that I try to do when I am working on a sermon is that I always try and think about what is this, how, does this, how is this applicable? What is the life application for me? And what is the life application for you? So a couple of the things that I've come up with today is I've, I've actually come up with a couple of questions that I want you to think about, even if it's only briefly for a few fleeting moments. But maybe perhaps you might think about them a little bit longer. But I'd like to have you take some time this week to contemplate and reflect upon your own lives and ask yourself how your life has been changed because of your knowing and because of your encountering Jesus in your life. As you have come to know Jesus, as you have sensed his touch and you have experienced his grace and his love and his acceptance and his forgiveness, what has that been like for you to live in the abundance of Christ's grace and forgiveness? And for me, I think that's a baptismal question. Ah, good Lutheran pastor, always bringing in baptism, you know. But it is central to our life. It is central to our very being. Because one of the things that we can do every single day to affirm that relationship with Jesus is to affirm our baptism and to remind ourselves again and again and again that that grace and that love and that acceptance is for and it is there for us every single day of our lives. And we hear that repeatedly over and over and over again. But it can't be said enough. It simply cannot be said enough. You know why? Because we keep getting in the way. You know? And we need to keep reminding ourselves. Even, we, even, us, even us bedheads in the morning, David. Even us bedheads in the morning, you know. I know as difficult as it was to get up today. I'm picking on David today. 
But that's okay. Because I'm picking on all of you. Get yourself up in the morning, look at yourself in the mirror, and tell yourself you're a baptized child of God. And affirm that grace and that love and that invitation to again, to walk in that invitation from Jesus. The other question for me is as we, as we reflect back on this story about Dan, this Border Patrol officer who was invited to come to, ch to church, what might, it, what might it look like? Or what if you took the time, what if you actually took the time to extend a simple invitation for someone to come to church? You know, I was reminded of that this past week. We had a woman stop in my office, I believe it was on Wednesday. She was kind of in a little bit of a cri mini crisis mode. She'd come up here uh, uh, in a rush to uh, be a, a part of her brother's life as he was dealing with some very significant health issues. And in the midst of her, her rush to get here from Texas, she, she didn't take into consideration that she perhaps needed some additional resources. and so. She needed some help with some gas assistance. And so I, I gave her a gift card to Smith so she could go and at least partially fill up her tank uh, with some gas. And as we were parting our conversation, she said, well, is there anything that I can do to help repay the church? Is there anything that I can do around the church to help, you know, just work off this, this gift that you've given to me? And I said, it's totally, it's, the gift is free. There's no obligation. It, we're, it's just simply freely given to you. There's nothing you need to do. And she says, well, at least you can invite me to come to church. <laughs> and all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, it didn't quite occur to me that perhaps maybe I could do that. But it did, and, and, and so I did. I invited her to church. Something similar happened about a week and a half ago. I had this young gentleman, his name is, he, I don't remember what his name is right now, it escapes me, but I have some notes back in my office. Um, 28 years old, again, one of those, one of those young people that kind of drifted away from church, and all of a sudden he's starting to think again about what it would be like and what it, what it might be like to get back into a church home, a family. And so we had this nice conversation for probably close to 45 minutes to an hour, talking about his life story and his involvement as a youth in, in church and all that stuff. And I, again, I just, at the end of our conversation, I, I, I invited him to come to be a part of our congregation. So I have no idea whether that invitation is going to take root in him. I'm relying upon the work of the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does. And who knows, I might see that young man here in our sanctuary come some Sunday. We might see that woman from Texas. We might see her here in church one some Sunday. I don't know. But the reality is, I'm reminded again, as part of our, part of our privilege is to invite other people to come in and to hear about and to know about the love and the grace and the acceptance of Christ in their lives. So a couple of assignments this week. Think back on your own faith. Reflect about what it means for you to encounter and to know Jesus. And consider inviting someone to come and be a part of our church family. Amen. I invite you to join me now as we pray together the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go forth from this place refreshed and empowered to do the ministry to which God calls you. Invite someone to church. All right. Travel lightly, for you carry within you all that you need. And notice God's presence in simple everyday experiences. And whenever opportunity arises, labor for the good of all. And may the blessing and the joy of God, our creator, healer, and life giver, go with you today and always. Amen. Amen.